You're listening to The Real Score Podcast, hosted by Andrew Pillick. Welcome to the second edition of The Real Score Podcast. I'm Andrew Pillick. If you're listening to me on SoundCloud, I am now on iTunes, so head over to that, click subscribe, rate it five stars, four stars, anything less than that, don't rate it. And I'm I'm totally kidding. Um, But thank you for listening. I'm actually on iTunes now. It's pretty cool. So whatever it is, good or bad, I want reviews. I want it to be rated, whatever. I just, I want to get feedback. That's, That's the biggest thing of why I'm doing this is feedback is so important to me. And I feel like getting feedback will help me increase viewers and help me be a better podcast and get to the top of the news and noteworthy podcast and top podcast i think i'm sitting at number 89 or something like that but it keeps it keeps increasing because i've only got one episode and now i'm going to be on a more consistent schedule to be able to increase my viewers and to get higher in that top podcast category i'd love to be at the top of there that's pretty much my goal for amateur podcasts in sports because getting to the top of other podcasts is nearly impossible uh when I'm recording in my bedroom. So, uh, yeah, let's kick off this second episode here. It's going to be uh, good stuff. I got some good stuff uh, that we're going to be going through today. So, first off, I'd like to talk about something that I mentioned in my first podcast that I was going to, and that is the Maple Leaf Fan Fest. And I'd just like to say a message to anybody who is thinking about going next year or missed out this year, you did not miss anything whatsoever. It was very poorly run, and I would not recommend going to a Maple Leaf Fan Fest ever. Uh, It was a very bad experience for me. The Leafs did, I have to give them this, they did give me an offer for because I sent in a letter complaining, and they did send me an offer, and I thanked them a lot for that, and... There's going to be some pretty cool things that I'll be going to uh, on behalf of the Leafs because of the experience, but it's not worth it. It really isn't the lineup. It's just the, the fan base is so huge. At the same time as I'm really sad, it's like at the same time there is a ton of fans. Maybe the tickets should have been limited, but that's for a whole nother video. If maybe next year I'm actually going to try to make a podcast and submit it to the Leafs and say this is how I would like it to be run with hopefully your guys' suggestions. By then I'll have some reviews and I can ask you guys what you think should be incorporated into the next fan fest. But that was just something I really wanted to get off the top there. Just quickly say that I didn't enjoy it and it kind of sucked. Actually, it really sucked. The only thing that was any good was I got to see the uh, I got to meet Connor Brown from the Erie Otters, and I also got to watch a live Sportsnet broadcast, which definitely is right in my ballpark, so that was pretty cool. But now let's get into some real sports topics. So the first topic I'd like to talk about is Kyle Lowry, the point guard for the Toronto Raptors. Number seven, the king of Toronto, as people are starting to call him now, and can you really blame them? The guy had an incredible round against the Brooklyn Nets when the Raptors were eliminated by the Brooklyn Nets in round one of last year's playoffs. This topic is is really going to discuss this. What does Kyle Lowry have to do 
to be an elite point guard? Like, what does he have to do to be discussed with guys like Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul? He's got to take things from their game, but he's also got to be Kyle Lowry. He can't be Russell Westbrook. He can't be Chris Paul. If he's as explosive as those two, that'd be great. If he has as much charisma, which he does, that's one thing. He has a ton of charisma. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, let's give you a bit of a backup here, some background information. He spent four seasons with Houston. He also spent three seasons with Memphis. I believe Memphis was before Houston. And he has spent two seasons with the Toronto Raptors. I believe this would be his third. He's 27 year old. He, sorry, he's 27 years old. And this is the season for him to really make Kyle Lowry the big name. He needs to be discussed as a top five elite point guard in the NBA. His statistics have gone up over the seasons. Uh, he's been a consistent player. He's played in 79 games last season, which which is good because you, you want to have a guy who's who's going to be in the lineup. And he, he battled through injuries. But like I said, his statistics have been going up. Uh, his three-point percentage has gone up. Uh, his points per game has gone up. His assists, everything have just been going up. And f- for me, this like with his contract and everything that just he's, he just signed, people are starting to believe in him. Masai Jerry believes in him. Dwayne Casey believes in him. The whole team, DeMar DeRozan especially, they, they believe in him. And you, you really need that. You, you need a guy like Kyle Lowry to lead your team. And he's got so much charisma, so much heart. He played through injury, like I said, and that series against Brooklyn, that final shot, you could really see his devastation when he hit the floor there. He he just did not want to get up, take his jersey off of his face. He just he wanted to play. He wanted to win that game. He, he knew right when that play started that the ball was going to Kyle. And you know what? He was the best chance that we had to get that bucket that bucket there. Like we have a lot of great players. Our starting five is not bad, but the thing is, is that basket will be a moment for Kyle Lowry to watch and just it's gonna the fire inside of him it's just gonna make him want to be so much better and I think that's incredible and we need players like that this season and Kyle Lowry I think is the biggest piece for this team this year people may argue that DeMar DeRozan is and I love DeMar DeRozan I love the whole starting lineup for the Raptors I I love the players on the bench I think that we've got a great bench as well and I think this could be discussed as a whole nother video because the home opener for the Raptors is October 29th against the Atlanta Hawks. I'm hopefully going to acquire some tickets for that. Um, that's still up in the air, but uh, hopefully I can get a Raptor season preview going before that starts, which I, I would love to do. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, I just want to get a, a quick couple of topics in there, the Maple Leaf and the Kyle Lowry thing. It's what I like to do with my other podcasts um, that I do with my buddies. We like to do like a rapid fire thing at the beginning. And I like to just do a, a quick discussion about a couple topics that aren't as important right now, but will become important. And it's like kind of like um, a quick summary of what we'll be talking, what I'll be talking about part of me in an upcoming episode it's kind of like a teaser type thing where it's like I'm talking about Kyle Lowry and it's gonna break into a whole Raptors season preview 
So I just want to get that off there and sorry, I'm going to have to explain a couple things in the first couple episodes because it's like this is a new podcast and I kind of want it to be like, okay, now we know what the base is and then it's like it'll be the kind of the same platform going throughout these next episodes. So yeah, I just I love to do a couple quick topics off the top of the video. But next is another Blue Jays type of topic. And again, this is more of like a teaser preview type thing because I will be doing a season in review for the Blue Jays probably in my next podcast, if not after that, because there's always sports news coming around and I've got to do a Leafs season preview. Probably it might be tomorrow. More more details on that probably at the end of the podcast. But back to the topic at hand, it is the Blue Jays. And what I wanted to discuss was what do the Blue Jays actually need in for next season i i spoke on the first podcast about that our starting rotation needs to be very good and i've discussed the five guys that i felt like should be in the starting rotation so you can go check that out um also are we going to go through the open market and who is going to be uh who's going to uh leave the team so for me what the blue jays actually need is a legitimate everyday third baseman because we can kind of um, swap in Lori and Goins at second and we can use Valencia and hopefully a new acquired third baseman at third and Valencia can be all over the place he, he's pretty he's a pretty good player to put anywhere and he'll probably be coming off the bench next season if the Jays don't lose him but Alex Anthopoulos expressed that he is going to be making money available for them to be big spenders in the offseason. But we've already seen what big spending in the offseason has looked like and it hasn't worked. So hopefully this season the Jays can acquire some pieces. I'm possibly another starter even though in the system we kind of have a starting rotation. But hopefully we can get rid of a couple guys. And this is who I think that will be leaving. Not necessarily that I want but who I think will be leaving. Colby Rasmus. Adam Lind, R.A. Dickey. Those are the three guys that I think will be gone, maybe even Josh Tolley. Um, R.A. Dickey is not an elite pitcher in baseball, and I think we've seen that over the past two seasons. He played in a completely different division when he was playing with the Mets. You're playing in the AL East, like I mentioned. He's not. He can't survive in the AL East. He's not a good enough pitcher to survive in the AL East. So I feel like those guys that I mentioned will be gone. Ghost will take over in center field. And we've uh, got some pieces that can take over for Adam Lind, which I don't want to get rid of Adam Lind, but I feel like everybody else just needs to go. And that's just what's going to happen for those guys. But I think in the offseason, we may even look at getting another uh, everyday outfielder because um, going into my next topic here is that Melky Cabrera may be testing the open market. And that would be god-awful because I think that our first need in the offseason is to re-sign Melky Cabrera. The reason I say that is because Melky Cabrera is a good everyday left fielder. He's he's dealt with a couple injuries, but I feel like he really can be an elite left fielder in the MLB if he has a full season. There's no more of his, his PED use, all that stuff that was going around. Um, obviously, it was true. He's already served his 50-game suspension. I feel like now he's a legitimate left fielder um, he's hitting the ball all over the place his average was great last season I feel like we need him and 
Malky Cabrera should be our everyday left fielder coming into next season. That should be uh, Alex Anthopoulos' first note on the agenda is to re-sign Malky Cabrera. His bat's great. His fielding has improved. He was uh, really slow two seasons ago, and now he's he's a lot quicker. And I feel like Melky is, like I said, he has the tools to be an elite left fielder in the MLB, and he's got the right tools to do it. And if he tests the open market, there's going to be a lot of people that will be knocking on his door. I feel like the Yankees would be a front runner to get him. I also I also feel well the Yankees probably because their their team is full of guys who use PEDs all the time but and and all that stuff but that's an that's another topic that I could go with another day but I feel like the Yankees maybe even the Giants coming back after him which would be weird but I feel like they could maybe even Tampa Bay in the AL East but maybe even Baltimore I don't even know but the the teams if if these guys get a guy like Melky Cabrera it just increases their chances of being a World Series team. I feel like Melky is a great piece to have, and the Blue Jays need to keep him. That should be option number one in the off season. So that that's what I feel about Melky Cabrera. I feel I feel like we we need to keep him, and it's it's huge because what he's done in our lineup is help spread out the lineup offensively. Because we really need offense. Without the offense, the Blue Jays are pretty much screwed because the pitching has been awful. And that's obviously another thing that needs to be dealt with, like I've said, is the pitching. If we can get the pitching done and we can deal with our starting rotation, we should be fine. There's no reason why we can't have a good team if our rotation's good. The rotation was good at times, but the thing is... is we need to have guys who have winning records by three or four games, not by one game, have like a record of like 13 and 12 or like a record of like seven and 18. Like we can't have guys with those kind of records. Drew Hutchinson has showed signs of brilliance. Stroman has been great. Sanchez has been great. It's just that those three guys probably will be in the rotation. Uh, Mark Burley will probably be in the rotation, uh, but refer back to my my other video because I talked more about the in, or my other podcast. Sorry, uh, because I spoke more on who I felt should be in the rotation next year, and R.A. Dickey was not included. Spoiler alert! Not really spoiler because that already happened, but <laughs> but that's what I feel about Malky and what the Jays actually need. Like in the season in review that I'm going to be doing very soon, I will definitely touch on topics like who I feel they need in more in depth. Like I'll go and I'll go through some t- statistics. I'll look at some upcoming free agents. I'll look at who the Jays are pro- possibly looking at and we'll get that into a podcast and that should be a lot of fun. So I'd also like to go into a different topic. Uh, In my podcast, I really want to toss in a a topic that people would not expect coming. And in this podcast, you're going to get a lot of hockey and baseball and basketball. There's going to be some football and soccer. But like I said, I like to toss in some stuff that people won't expect. So this isn't specifically about one sport, but... I was thinking about this the other day, and I think I read this somewhere. If not, um, maybe I just thought about it. I I have no idea. I can't remember where I was seeing this, but I wrote it down on my notepad here. And I was thinking about what if arenas had no fans and TV deals was 
basically all of their revenue. Like what happens if, for instance, what happens if you have like the Air Canada Center, for instance, and you have just the commentators announcing an empty arena with uh, all the revenue coming from like ads and people watching on TV. It's kind of a weird thing because I, I think I've seen it for like a football field or a baseball field because some fans become a distraction. And it, it's weird because I don't feel like this would ever work and I don't think it ever will. It's something weird that I read the other day. But like I really wanted to touch on this because there was people actually supporting this. And for me, I think that's absolutely stupid because the people, the players on the field and the ice are the field or the diamond sorry i meant to say their adrenaline comes from those people yelling and screaming their name it's not just music before the game or during the game whatever it's it's the people it's the fans who are chanting their name and cheering them on while they're down and it's you need fans in an arena i think this is as much as it sounds stupid to talk about because it probably won't ever happen, it's it's the thing of what if. What if that happened? It's something that not a lot of people bring up, and I feel like it's it's an it's a topic that could be brought up. Because for instance, the only thing that I can really see for a sport and distractions is maybe baseball, where they have guys in center field. I've seen it a couple times because Rogers Center isn't the biggest field, where like they'll have signs and like signals written on the signs, and like people trying to distract batters or something like that or giving signs to the batters and it, it's weird how that works because it's it's a really far distance but at the same time it's not and there's people giving signs and stuff like that and it's that's the only really thing I can see for that and like people running onto the field and whatnot but even that is just there's no chance that I would ever take the risk of not having fans in an arena first of all that's like a good chunk of your revenue at all in a, any team there's some teams that could probably survive that, but it's it just wouldn't work. And I don't think that it's the best decision, and it probably won't ever happen. It's just something that I really wanted to bring up in this podcast. I feel like even though it won't happen, it's something cool to bring up because you don't hear everybody talking about it. And I think I think it's cool. And it, it's at the same time as I think it's cool, I shouldn't word it that way because then it's almost like I'm supporting it and I'm really not. It's cool to think about what would happen, I guess, but it just wouldn't be the same. You have like, you would hear, like, for instance, let's take hockey as a sport. You would just hear like them chirping each other on TV and like the, the puck and the, the ice and the hits and the boards and whatnot and like that. And you'd hear commentators and whatnot, but it would be like, silent there's no reaction there's no excitement there's the goal horn would go off and it's just a horn like there'd be no fan reaction nothing like that it's just I don't see where they could really do that maybe soccer I guess would be the only one that I could see it happening first because I guess they could experiment experiment it with soccer but then it would just kind of be like a practice like it would almost just be like an exhibition game where there's like nobody there or something like that but it's something weird to think about, and I, I guess it's something that we could bring up on the podcast uh, if you guys feel like 
you want to hear more about that if you do just let me know like i said review it and my podcast and write a review and rate it so that way i can start reading comments because apparently i need to get a certain amount of reviews and ratings to get my podcast to actually show them so get on that please but now we'll get into um one of our final topics and that is the whole Ray Rice situation. Now, I know this has kind of died down a little bit, but at the same time, I, I need to bring this up. Ray Rice is obviously not listening to this, but if Ray Rice were listening to this or if he happened to be on my show, I would not have any respect for him whatsoever. Going up to a female, especially his wife, his fiance, or whoever it was at the time, because I feel I heard this was a while back, actually. Um, if you, if you are gonna hit a woman, you are a coward. You're an absolute coward. Uh, why is the question? Like, why do you need to do stuff like that? Do you really feel like you're a man because you can hit a woman? That it makes no sense to me, and I probably will never get why guys can do that. I always was taught when I was younger, and and obviously I've adapted to that because I do not hit women. But I was always taught, you know, that's the last thing you can do is is hit a woman. You you do not hit females. You just don't. It and for it just doesn't make sense to hit one unless you're getting brutally beaten by one. That'd be the absolute last time or only time I would do that. But that's besides the point here. I'd like to bring up what happened. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to go through this, the whole Ray Rice situation here. So, Rice was suspended indefinitely from the NFL in, on September 8th for violating the NFL's personal contact policy after a video of Rice hitting his... Uh, fiance in an elevator was released uh, publicly and Roger Goodell actually originally suspended Rice for only two games which was an awful suspension and the reason why I think that's an awful suspension is because there was a player who was suspended for weed for an entire season I believe it was selling smoky something like that but it, it was for an entire year which is absolutely stupid when you have a guy who beat up a woman and he almost got only got a two-game suspension. So Roger Goodell had to look at that, and then he was actually um, suspended indefinitely. And I heard that there was reports that he was going to try to make the jump to the CFL, our Canadian Football League, and they they basically suspended him indefinitely from ever joining the CFL as well, which is such a smart decision, and I am behind that 100% as well. Roger Goodell almost lost his job over this, which if I was the NFL and I was looking at this, I would probably have uh, either suspended him or fired him if I knew that he was going to stick with a two-game suspension. This whole suspending indefinitely thing is good on him because if he didn't then he would probably be fired and which this this case is so crazy like there's I don't know how I'm supposed to talk about this without wanting Ray Rice to just be thrown in jail and 
I think this is so stupid. Like, I just, I don't understand how people are also saying that, like, oh, maybe she deserved it and stuff like that. Like, that does not make any sense. There's other ways to deal with stuff like this. And it's almost like there's uh, a separate topic for this because, look, I love football. I love sports. But there's so much violence that comes out of football. There's so many crimes that come out of football. Yes, there is some that come out of other sports, but never any big headlines like this, like major, major problems coming to this. Like the Adrian Peterson story that just came out too, where he was beating a child. I believe it was his child. And it's how, like, I just do not understand how this works. How these these football players are the ones getting in trouble all the time. Is there something wrong? Like, I don't I don't understand like these these football players getting into their head that they can do stuff like this. There obviously is 90% of the NFL that does not do anything, but there's that 10% that actually does do something. And they're never good. Like I Adrian Peterson and now the Ray Rice um or sorry, Ray Rice situation was before the Adrian Peterson. Uh, stories and I just I can't believe stuff like this still happens in, in sports like there should be some sort of like look this is a warning now it's if you do stuff like that and if you actually want to do stuff like that which is even crazier it's like look now look at Ray Rice look at Adrian Peterson they're not going to play football this these cases better not be overturned none of this stuff like that because this and and what's Sorry, like this kind of stuff is like this needs to be dealt with this way. They need to be indefinitely suspended. But what's crazy about this is now Ray Rice's wife, now they're actually married, is actually supporting him on this. And oh my God, it's 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 a gold digger moment to be honest with you because she she obviously doesn't care about her health or her well being because she gets beaten by this guy and literally dragged out of an elevator and she's still supporting him and backing him up and going to press conferences with him and this it makes no sense and I feel like it's it's so stupid like it I do not know how you can support a guy after something like that goes down and this this Ray Rice all I can say is this and I'm going to end this Ray Rice topic and this Adrian Peterson and this violence and football topic with this Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson need to be indefinitely suspended for good. They they cannot win these cases and they need to be indefinitely suspended. And a message to the NFL, get your crap together because I can't say anything else because this is a clean podcast, but get your crap together. Start using the proper suspensions from day one. These guys who are going to do stuff like this need to be suspended from day one and that's it. You, you need, that's the suspension. They, you need to have a better crack staff and Roger Goodell, you need to smarten up. You need to learn of when to put down these punishments and how to put down these punishments. And this needs to be a firm policy in the NFL now where if you do stuff like this, you're, you're not going to play football ever again. It needs, it that's how I'm going to end that. So thank you for uh, listening to the second podcast. I really wanted, I wanted to end with that. And uh, I'd like to say a thanks to the people who have started watching this because 
I really appreciate people who are going to support this podcast. And now that it's on iTunes, it's on a bigger platform. So please rate the podcast, give it reviews, hopefully a good one, because I'd love to make it to the to the top of amateur, amateur sports. Uh, it's going to be a wild ride, but I'd, I'd love to get to the top of there. I've got some very interesting, interesting stuff coming up soon. I'm going to have the Blue Jays year in review. Hopefully tomorrow, maybe even do a uh, Toronto Maple Leafs season preview because they open up on Wednesday against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, still, again, looking for last-minute tickets for that, possibly, because it's probably going to be expensive. I've looked at tickets online, and they've been absolutely expensive. But, yeah, it's I, I love doing this podcast, and um, I really want to get you guys listening and giving me suggestions. So thank you for listening to the second episode of the Real S- Score podcast. Have yourself a good day.